Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Loyalty to Rangers is what binds us. And together, we are stronger. Launching for the 2021 season, the MyJers membership program is a new way to get even closer to the club you love. It's the one place where you can access benefits like ticketing priority, club discounts and exclusive competitions and experiences. There's even a limited edition welcome gift when you join. Visit rangers.co.uk slash MyJers to join today. Always Rangers, always loyal, always rewarded. Afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Bears Corner on the Battle Fever podcast. Today, we're joined. By Baz once again, who's who's joined us in the in the first episode last week and also previously, and we have our newest member of the team, Callum, with today, who has been writing the blogs for the for the podcast, and they're new. Well, one of them's new live on the website, which is pretty decent. So, Baz, we're coming to you first. How good? How how is everything all good in the last week? I I been so mate. Thanks very much for having me back on. It's always good to be here. Discussing the famous Glasgow Rangers, you know, it's 
it's good when you've got something passionate to speak about when we're all stuck in the house. So, exactly. aye, it's been good, mate, and I've been looking forward to today. So, again, thanks for having me on, mate. Not a problem, my pleasure. Callum, how, how's things with yourself? It's good, again, thanks for having me on. Uh, I was nervous to come on, I've never done it before, <laughs> but so I've written my first blog and I've got some notes from this, so we'll be all right. Good, good. Right, we're going to kind of touch on our kind of player of the season, young player of the season, etc. So, I ran a wee poll on Twitter. We had, for the player of the season, we had Morelos, McGregor and Jack listed. Uh, Morelos won the poll. What's your thoughts, Baz, will come to you first, what's your thoughts on player of the season, runners and riders? Who would you pick as your player of the season? There's been some standout players this season. Jermaine Defoe got off to a flyer. Ryan Jack's been pretty much solid throughout the season. Obviously, um, McGregor again has been a pretty, pretty consistent player through the year, apart from some one or two wee uh, dis- discipline issues. McGregor's been pretty solid. However, it's kind of hard to argue with Mariello. Something, but it's 29 goals in 46 games. Uh, That's scoring scoring percentage of 63%. So, although there has been some other really good players in the team that have done particularly well, it's kind of hard to argue with the stats and the numbers. Guys work ethic. Some, towards the, the tail end of the, or the second half of the season, he was letting himself do a wee bit in terms of his discipline. I thought in the first half, he looked like an entirely different player for last year. He seemed to have knuckled right down. He was dealing with his discipline issues. He sort of had everything in check. And then, again, he had an amazing first half of the season. So based on that alone, I would need to agree with the poll and, and go with Morelos. Yeah. Callum, what's your thoughts on the, the player of the season? Uh, player of the season is a tough one because there's, there's quite a few players, like Barry said, that, that stand out. Um, and there's those players who... Without them, our season would have been in trouble. So, firstly, there's McGregor. Again, he's kept us in multiple games this season. Um, and he's just got that presence, both on the field and off the field, that he's just crucial. Um, he's coming to the tail end of his career now, but he's no less important now than he was sort of 10 years ago. Um, and then there's Manelis, who, like, whatever, he, whatever McGregor is to our clean sheets, Manelis is to our score sheets. He's... Had another good season, particularly before Christmas. Um, what was it, 20, 29 goals from 46 games? Yep. He's just, he's absolutely brilliant. He does, everybody, he's, he's just, he's held to a different standard in this country than everybody else is, I think. And he, yep. oh, he lets himself down here and there. But he's, he's still so young. Do you know what I mean? He's got so far to go. He's, tw- what is he, 23? So I think. 23, yeah, he's going to get a big move soon. So, I'd I'd go with the poll. I'd say Morelos. The, the the problem with Morelos is I'd probably agree with the poll as well, and I would say Morelos. And if Morelos had continued his his vein of form for obviously for August to Christmas, is it then going into the new year? Then Morelos would have won it hands down. I don't think there would be many other people that would have been close to him. To be quite honest, but obviously for a young guy, and you touched upon it, Cam, twenty three. He's came to the other side of the world. Do you know what I mean? He's here without his family, etc. He's got his wife here now, and he's actually a new dad, which is great here. But to, to have guys underneath his car, to have people having banners up about his mum, and I know you're a football player supposed to deal with stuff like that, but I think he's just, I think he's sensational. I hope, he, I, I think going by his social media posts this, this year so far, I'm certainly looking ahead to next season, that he's, he's kind of nailed his colours a wee bit with the, with the Rangers stuff, and I think that he will be back, and maybe the climate's played a part in that, but I think the wee man will be ready to hit the ground running. And as you say, Cam, hopefully 
he fires this to the title and, and then he'll get that big move that he craves. Do you know what I mean? What about the young player of the year? A wee bit harder in the sense of the young players that we have at the team. And I don't know how Rangers take it in terms of ages, but I took it for like 24 and under. And as we mentioned, Katic, Kent, George Edmondson obviously came into it as well for some of the, some of the, the, the performances when he came into the team. What, Baz, what would start with yourself? Who, who would you kind of go for for your young player of the year? And is there any maybe that I've missed that you, that you can think of that maybe add into that? You know, but just before we, we started recording, we were speaking about Katic and how he's only 23. And that, that's frightening to think yep. that, that he's only 23. He's an absolute giant, yeah, man. He's huge and got so much potential. Uh, George Edmondson's 22, I believe. Uh, I think he is 22. He's, he's got a, a year on him, however. I think Katic, again, he started off the season particularly well. Again, he kind of fell out of favour a wee bit for whatever reason, whether it be personal issues or stuff going on at him or whatever, I don't know. But I like Katic. I've always liked Katic. And he always seemed pretty decent. And he's a threat as well going forward, you know, at set pieces, corners, free kicks, that sort of stuff. So as well as being a solid centre-back, he, always, he also gives you that bit, that, that offensive threat in the set pieces. So I, I like Katic. I would probably, probably go with him. Cal, yeah, yeah, there's an MD that we've missed. I, I just kind of think off the top of my head there's an MD we've missed, but I, I'd certainly go in line with what Baz is saying about Katic. Katic would probably be mine, to be honest. Well, look for the poll, yeah, Katic was definitely mine. I thought that was quite an easier one compared to the yeah the previous season. Um, Katic, is, I think he's turned out 20, 29 games for us. He scored a handful, maybe three or four, um, and he's got an assist up there as well. I don't think there's any two... two two ways about it he's definitely raw he's still yeah. quite young there's sort of decision problems uh, decision making problems but he's he, he would definitely be mine Joe Aribo is another one that I'd probably put up there yeah. he's what is he 23 um, and he's played he's played again he's played a lot of football all the players that we've got the games are up there they're huge there are so many games that they're playing I think Joe Aribo's played 48 times this season, scored nine goals. Do you know, so he's he's up there as well for me. See, that's that's a problem with the, with the when you're talking about young players and young player of the year. I mean, I've I've heard people crucify Joe Aribo at times, and to be quite honest with you, I don't agree with it because he's came for Charlton as we, as we touched upon last week. As we, we spoke a wee bit about Aribo, he's came for Charlton, who doesn't really again no disrespect to them, but they're playing at a level that they're not expected to win every week. They've not got an expected fan base. They're not playing in front of 52,000 every other Saturday. And to have that guy come up here and, and do as well as he has done in his debut season, I think it's a credit to him, you know, and, and hopefully he kicks on and takes it to the next level next season where I probably people expect a wee bit more of him because he's had a year to settle in. But that's that's a hard thing, you know, for a young player today, but coming up here to Glasgow, especially the Goldfish Bowl, etc., that, that goes with the old firm. I totally agree with that. I, you, you, there's no settling in period at Rangers. You, you're through right out of the deep end and you're expected to perform from day one. Uh, I think that might have been, you, we'll speak about Hadji in a bit, I'm sure, but I think it was the same expectations of him. Some folk were saying, oh, he, you know, he got off to a slow start. But the, you know, no everybody can hit the ground, hit the ground running. Look at Bomber yeah. Barisic, for example. His first season, he was, he was nearly out the door. There was people right. saying that his career's over. He, he's finished at Ibrox. And then he went away in international duty and just looked like a completely different player. Came back and he grew for strength to strengthen him. And I'm sure a lot of players, if they just get that wee bit of time, I mean, when you're comparing Aribo to Katic, Katic is a centre back through and through. 
Aribo has been moved about so many different positions on the park mm-hmm. this this season. So it's not like Katic, who knows his position, who's going to be playing there every single week. Aribo's have had to be more versatile in terms of where he's going, where he's playing in the park. Is he playing in the centre? Is he playing in the right? Or is he out in the, the right wing? Or is he in behind the striker? You know, there's uh, Aribo's been moved about quite a bit this season, and the fact that Aye. he's still performed at a, a really high level is, is credit to him for doing that. Katic, I think should get that award for that goal at Parkhead alone. You know, the, the bullet header alone should be enough to earn him that award, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. hey-ho. Um, we kind of spoke about, obviously, Hadji there, Baz, and you said, and I think moving on to that, after our pod was released last Wednesday, Rangers announced that we had signed Hadji on a permanent deal. Now, I've had Kenny Miller on the pod, as I've told you, and Kenny Miller is one of the most passionate people I've I've heard talk about Rangers in uh, any any of the pods that I've done so far. However, his comment that he made in the press, and whether the press have twisted it, I don't know, but he's made in the press to say that after paying that kind of money for a guy who's only played a handful of times for the club, again, you could counter the argument by saying, well, teams usually pay money for guys who have not played any games for the club. Hadji's at least played here for three months before the COVID-19 stuck. He played well. He was one of our shining lights, to be honest. I don't think they use him correctly, but... Still, I didn't. I didn't understand the comment that you 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 paid that money for some for somebody who's only played a handful of times. Aye, that would that would that doesn't make sense. That's like saying every single player that's ever signed for every single club must mean that he's went on loan there before Aye. he signed for them. You know, exactly. thousands and thousands of players over the years have signed for clubs that they've never played for. So that that does sound a wee bit a bit silly to be Aye. fair. Callum, did you see what Barry Ferguson said as well about it? It's a, it's a huge outlay. It's it's a risk. Is he worth that kind of money? I'd say every signing is a risk anyway. I would say Hadji is worth that kind of money. He's 21. The marketing stuff that goes with him, I think, in, in itself is worth it. You give him the number 10 jersey, you're on to a winner as far as I'm concerned. Well, I, that, that's just the point, isn't it? Every signing is a risk. The money in football has always been more than sort of most most other businesses, but the money in football these days is... It's absolutely crazy when you've got players like Neymar moving for 200-odd million. You know, every signing's a risk. But surely those two comments don't make too much sense. We're signing a player who's already played for us. We've already been impressed with us. You know, we've done what we can to minimise the risk of signing him. It is a lot of money for, for us. But I, I just think he's going he's gonna to be an absolutely brilliant player for the club. And if he can even show the same kind of form that he showed before he was here permanently, then he'll definitely be worth every penny. I think so. I think the sell-on fee as well in itself, if Adji reaches his potential, which we don't like to say it, but Rangers are a club that has to look at sell-on fees now. We have to look at how, I mean, that's how they've made their money across the way. You know, we need to look at what the, the future value is of a player before we, before we bring him in. And Hadji is up there for me. Baz, what do you think about his positioning though? Because we've touched upon it before. We don't think that maybe he gets used in our system like he should. Agreed. I mean, look, we were speaking about Aribo earlier. Hadji's the same in terms of he's been brought in and he's put in a position that I'm not saying he was bad at it. He'd done particularly well when he worked hard at it. But it's maybe no play to his strengths. You can't bring a player in halfway through the season and, and say, right, this is this guy's strength, which means the whole team need to change the system mm-hmm. halfway through the season or change of formation to suit the player. So he's had to adapt to our playing style and our formation. 
Whereas now we've got an opportunity to, to rethink the formation, rethink the system, and get him in a position that's better suited to him, rather than him trying to adapt to us now. What was the final figure that he came in? Was it three million or something like that? I mean, some people have said three and a half, some have said three, some have said four. I think I four mean, lads the, the had press, the press, right, right. The press started off; it was like, saying six and a half million, and then the next day it was now five, and then it was down to four. Right. And you know, in, until we get down to uh, three and a half, like you say, he's only he's only twenty one year old. He scored a couple of good goals, scored that uh, double against Braga. So he's, he showed flashes of brilliance. And again, he was expected to hit the ground running. Now, he knows what it's, it feels like to pull on that blue jersey. He wants to be here. He's a full-time player. And like I say, if he gets in the, the correct position, I reckon he's going to do particularly well. I just think as well, he's, as you say, he's, he's a big game player. You know, the, the double against Braga we were found kind of wanting and looking for inspiration against Hibs at home we were doing one on had you popped up with the had you popped up with the goal you know I just he just seems to be a game player I think putting him into the final that we had against them this year putting him into the game at Ibrox against them it's something else they need to worry about as well it's, it's something who can unlock defences I really do think he's going to be an excellent signing for the, for the club look there's not I... one player on the planet that doesn't need a, a player like him. You know, you see him, even when we're, when we're getting beat, he's, he's standing there with his arms up, he's screaming for the ball, he's waving nice. for it. He, he believes in his own ability in a good way. And he knows that he can drive us forward. There is that kind of debate about whether or not we'll play him in the right place. He's been played out wide. But I think, I make no sort of cause about saying that I'm, I'm all for change of formation next season. I think if we, we've changed those two wingers and put Hadji down the middle, I think... We're almost playing with sort of three three strikers at the minute, and I don't. I'm not too keen on it because it has a different has an effect on the rest of the team. Do you know what I mean? So James Tavernier is obviously bombing up and down the touchline. He's getting pelters because he's not back to defend. Sometimes I think if he if the onus isn't on the fullbacks all the time to completely go up and down the pitch 40, 50 times a game, I think our defence will improve as well. So yeah, Hadji's obviously one we've got in the door, definite for next season. There's been, and as there will be going forward, there'll be a hell of a amount of rumours coming about that Rangers are signing everybody and anybody, as is every summer. The ones that seem to be prominent recently is, again, going back to Charlton, Lee Boyer, Lee Boyer who said that there's three players who will not be returning when the championship resumes. One of them is Lyle Taylor. Now, the, the rumour has never really went away, to be honest with you. Every single summer, it seems to be he's linked to the club. What's my thoughts on Lyle Taylor? Have we seen much on Baz? Do we think he could come in and assist Morelos, take care of Morelos? I hadn't heard of him until the rumour started last season, you know, yeah. when we were first linked. I hadn't really heard of him. So I went and checked him out. He's 30 year old, so he's no any, you know, spring chicken or spring lamb. Is it a chicken or a lamb? Spring lamb, spring chicken? I don't know. Some, some spring, something to spring and something. <laughs> Me being young. Uh, <laughs> they're young, basically. They're so young. he's no one of them anymore. <laughs> but uh, he scored. He scored 11 goals in 22 games. He's out of contract. I don't know what his wages are doing at Charlton. Now, we are, we're in a position where we kind of need a third striker. Jermaine Defoe, Morelos are obviously going to be competing for that first slot. And we're going to need a third striker. Now, the problem you've got with this third striker is we need somebody that's going to be the quality that Glasgow Rangers demand. However, the issue is trying to bring in a player that's good enough but is willing to sit in that third, third sort of position. 
third choice position. It's, it's going to be hard to get a quality striker in and say, listen, mate, you're going to be sitting in third place. But as the season progresses, injuries, suspensions, sooner or later they're, they're going to get their, their chances. Canberra showed at the tail end of the season. I had to pull him in for Hibs on loan, obviously. So there is going to be opportunities. But I reckon if he comes in, I reckon he's probably going to be that third guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it is as well as with Morelos. I think we need somebody there to push him all the way. Now, obviously, and we'll touch on Canberra as well, but Canberra came in. I'd only really seen Canberra, obviously, playing. Really. I don't really watch Hibs much, shock horror, right? So, only when they're playing against Rangers, obviously. And I felt as though Canberra, any time playing against Rangers, I thought it was pretty good. Right, so when... when when he came, obviously these issues at Hibs, but when he came into the club, I thought, right, if he can just push Morelos, it might be enough to get what we need out of Morelos, never mind Camberry. Obviously, he came in, and I, I really did think Camberry done pretty well, you know, and the rumours will no go away with him either. I mean, he's already actively seeking that role, and we've seen some people say, of course you don't want to sit on the Hibs bench when you can come to Rangers. I get that, of course, of course that's the case. He did seem to have the correct attitude when he came to Agrox. He seemed to want to play. He seemed to bust a gut every week when he when he got the shot. Callum, what's your thoughts on and Canberra and do you think he could maybe come in or would you think we would go for Lyle Taylor in your opinion? I, I like Canberra as well. It's, it is a tough one. You don't know if if they let if they let him go to us, what what's it gonna be for? Do you know what I mean? I know. There are there are better players out there that we can get for probably cheaper than Hibbs will let him go for. But if if the option's there to sign him get him in for someone that's a realistic fee, now whatever that might be, then I definitely would sign him. Uh, Taylor, I don't, I haven't seen much of Taylor either, to be honest, but he's scored, I think it was 11 goals this season. Um, and he was in the paper the other day. I think, did you see McCoy was saying about him? He was like, oh, he would have to pause and think about a player if he was refusing to play for his club and all that but it's not as if it's the same sort of situation is it it's not like yeah. a down in fuels kind of thing it is that that would that's the biggest indication to me that perhaps we are serious then for him and it might, a move might be close because you were saying that he's he's not going to play anymore for Charlton because he doesn't want to get injured and risk this I think he said it was a life-changing move a life-changing move yeah so if we are in for him again, he is going to be in that third striker role. But anything that we can get up top, he's a good player. Anything we can get up top to push Morelos, to push the four, to get the best out of them, then that's fine by me. Whether that's Camberry or Taylor. Baz, what's your thoughts on Camberry? I like to, I totally agree with what you were saying when he came in. And I, see, every time he put on the blue jersey, it, he looked as if he was in an interview, he was playing, it looked like every single game he was playing for a job. And you know what, that should be the attitude of the entire dressing room. Every single Rangers player should have that mentality, you know, they're yep. playing for their position every single game. I, I didn't really see that towards the, the tail end of the season, you know, it was a wee bit lacklustre and people weren't really pushing as, as hard as they should have been and there wasn't, the energy wasn't there, but Canberra seemed to have that drive, which we were lacking. Is his ability is good, is his work ethic and his passion I don't know. I mean, he, he, can obviously, he can obviously score goals. I don't know what the deal is in terms of discipline behind the scenes. I know he, he fell out of favour at Hibs when Lennon was there and then when Lennon left. So that, that might not be any day with him. He just might not be happy where he is. Sometimes players don't, don't get settled to certain clubs for, for whatever reason. But what, what age is he? 25? He's a wee bit, he's a wee bit younger than, than uh, Taylor. Uh, he's maybe a spring lamb than Taylor. <laughs> it's a bit of one of these, these spring things, I. 
he's he's in contract to 2022. Like Callum touched on, I don't know what Hibs would be looking for him. Aye. However, they might be they might be looking to offload him if there's if there has been issues behind the scenes. See, the thing is as well with Canberra is you've touched on the fell out with, with Lennon. <laughs> that drive and determination might be there for Canberra to to stop him. You know, you stop him winning that title Aye. next year, and and that can only be good. You know, going can, can through the squad. I just the the thing with Lyle Taylor, I if, if the finances are correct, then great. But I feel as though we're bringing in another striker who, as Baz has said, they know that they're playing second or third fiddle to Morelos. I know we can't go out there and buy a player in Morelos' ability because it would cost us how many millions now? Do you know what I mean? We don't have that kind of money. But I actually think Defoe would be happier playing the bit part role that you're talking about, Baz. And I think we should be looking for somebody to challenge Morelos. Whether we can get somebody to challenge Morelos obviously remains to be seen and it's where Ross Wilson and that would need to come in and earn their, their keep really. But I just think there should be somebody out there that's maybe going to push Morelos and, and make the wee man think, well, hold on, if I do get sent after the day, if, you know, if I don't fancy it, he's waiting there, ready to go. He, he's a very good point. Aye, that's a good point, to be fair. I mean, what age is the phone now? What is it, 57, 58? <laughs> yeah. Whatever a spring lab is, he's the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> he's the old shepherd. I mean, he's in, he's in, he's in incredible shape. I mean, he doesn't drink and he looks after himself. Uh, and it's a shame. I mean, obviously, you never go to complete this season, but I would love to see the four win something. I would love uh, to see anybody win anything at Rangers, but I think you're right, actually. But you're saying that's a very good point. Maybe he should be moving into that that sort of third choice and bringing in a, a mere caliber striker to push Morelos on. I, I would agree with that, actually. I just think we can maybe try and get Mayor out of Morelos that way. And I thought that's what Canberra was maybe going to bring. But Again, it's a, it's a hard one because, as we've said with a Hadji deal, every transfer is a risk. And at Rangers, the problem is the risk is getting greater every year because, obviously, next year, whether we like it or no, they're, they're going for the, the Holy Grail at the end of the day. And for Rangers, we need to get it right. There's no really margin for error next year because if we start to drift off a leaf of them before Christmas, it will turn nasty, as I've said before. And it's, it's only natural that the fans won't stand for it. So... You know, I'm kind of... Calm, is there anything else that maybe you, you think, obviously, for striking-wise, you think maybe Rangers should look at that you, you've seen yourself? Or? Well, you know, there's always these rumours about Lyndon Dykes. He's a player that's never yep. seemed to go away. It's been... It feels like we've been linked with him since the beginning of time. But he's he is another player that's he's quite young as well. He's that player that can still develop. He's playing at a decent enough level just now. He's scored, I think it's... 12 goals, but he's also got that kind of assist to his game, which we've seen Manelos definitely develop this season. He and Camberry have both got 10 apiece. So it is that kind of player. I'm, I'm honestly not entirely sure about, about um, Dykes, but if, he, if, we, if we were to bring in someone like him or even Shanklin, you know, a player that's quite low down in the 20s, then it's somebody that can obviously develop. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on London Dykes, Baz? You know what, we all fell in love with him, didn't we? Because he scored a double <laughs> against them. and bet them and he, like, he gets stuck in as well. He, he, he's, no, he's no shy of putting the boot in because I remember when we played him, he was the same. Aye. But I think that's just Livingston's sort of tactics is, you know, just getting the boot in and it's it works for them. The, 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 pitch is, the pitch is terrible. They've got one of the fake plastic pitches and it's, a, it's not a very nice place to go. But he had the same mentality when he played against them and when he scored against them, we all started loving him. He had the bleached, bleached hair and all that sort of stuff, and he had a bit of a swagger about him. 
bit of a cocky bastard and I, I, I instantly liked the guy. And I don't know if I would have the same liking for him if he didn't score that, that double. I so I don't know if my, my vision's clouded a wee bit. <laughs> and also that hair is kind of reminiscent of Gaza, wasn't it? I, exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Bringing back old memories. <laughs> but with Dykes... I overall... Who's that? See, with Dykes, though, guys, do you know think that Dykes is probably one that's different to what we have? He's a battering man. I know Morelos could be a battering man, battering man but Morelos is a football player. A really, really good football player on his day when he gets his mind doing it, you know, and he, and he gets doing it. He's a great player. But Dykes is that kind of... I don't know, just... I don't want to see he's launched the ball from back to front, obviously, but... I think sometimes it's needed in Scotland to have somebody that'll run through a brick wall for you and he, he certainly would fall into that bracket. Do you know the thing is, and this is an old cliche that people say all the time, every time a striker gets brought in for a, a lower league, league club, pretty sure we say that about Nicky Clark and everything, but see when you've got a, see if you've got a, a, a striker coming for a place at Livingston that's scoring the goals, and then the old cliche, ah, but when he gets his service, you know, people say this all the time in Brian's figures. But it's true, though. If it comes to a, a team that Rangers will have got most of the possession, dominating the possession, and there's the boys swinging in for left and right, with a player like Hadji sitting around about, around about him, potentially, yeah, he could, he could do particularly well. Mm-hmm. And also, there's the old cliche thing as well. It's easier to play against us than it is to play for us. And it's easier to play against Celtic than what it is to play for Celtic. And that, that's, Doherty, I think, is finding that out, whether his chances have been limited or no, is up for debate. But there's, but there's been players there, you know, and it's the whole thing. We've, we spoke about Lewis Ferguson before uh, in last week's show as well. Does did the players like that add anything to the team or did they just add something to the pool? And, and, and we touched last week as well, guys, but we want to see mere quality going into the starting 11. No beefing up numbers for the sake of beefing up numbers, you know, and whether Dykes falls into the category, you're just beefing up numbers. Probably, you know, he's no better than Morelos. I think, I think we need to have somebody there that, as I said, that's going to challenge Morelos and going to push him all the way this year for that spot. If you're signing Dykes, though, he's uh, obviously we need to kind of get him to push Morelos. But it's it's that difference. It's his style of play that you'd be yeah. signing him for. It's not just the fact that he would just beef up the numbers. We. We've said this since the Warburton days and even before that, you know, it's a plan B that sometimes we lack. Yeah. So to have somebody like Dykes to come in and just totally change the game, that's how many times we needed that against teams like Hearts, Kilmarnock. You know, it's it's his style of play. Obviously, it's going to, it would be tough for him to come in, but I think that is the type of player that we need. I, I am quite a fan of Dykes and if we were to go for a player like him, then I think that it would work out well. Plan B was always today, plan A better. It's even plan. It's even was absolutely gugged after ten minutes. We need something else, <laughs> you know. So. That was the worst thing ever. Imagine a manager, a football, a football manager, coming up with that, like Mark Warburton. I liked the guy to begin with. I thought, you know, the Magic Cat song was one of the greatest football songs ever. <laughs> plan A. What's the plan B? Oh, we're just going to do plan A better. Like, come on, mate, have something. Make something up. Just make something up. It's worth it. <laughs> to work harder it was like the Gwen I always remember the Gwen every single game he came out and said we did a good game after it and I felt like going you could beat half Inverness we <laughs> did a good game <laughs> shut up man uh, it's just it's just madness and it? it's absolute madness but MDL saying Baz yourself you can think you'd like to see broke to the club kind of sign his wise rumours somebody that maybe even know he'd be linked to the club but you'd like to see him at Ibrox. obviously we'd all like to see Neymar and Mbappe but 
Gatekeeper, can I? <laughs> <laughs> Aye, that, that would be all right, wouldn't it? Uh, there, was a, there was a couple of names mentioned in the press that, that didn't really, uh, Jordan Ibe and that, uh, Barino. Yep. They, they were linked to the club, and I don't really think, I don't know where people get these names here. Was it somebody in Top Sport? Was it, who was asked about it? I think it was, was it Ross Wilson. Was it Ross Wilson? Was it Ross Wilson? Was it Ross Wilson, director of football? I think so. Uh, but the, sometimes the press just throw out these names for the sake of throwing them out. And, you know, Abe obviously can play that right wing position that we're lacking somewhat. Yep. He's on 38 grand a week doing that. How much is he going to be after? Mm-hmm. And Berenio, the last time he did a decent, he did, he had a decent season was 2015, mm-hmm. West Bromwich Albion in the championship. So I don't think any of the two players that are linked up no, even like just the press mentioning them mm-hmm. would be suited for us, to be fair. See, Ibe, Jordan Ibe, again, I think comes from the Liverpool connection with Gerard and you know, being a youth player there, growing up, etc. And I think Gerard knows him. I think there's a player in Jordan Ibe that we could get something out of. However, as you say, finances have to be right on the deal. But, I mean, Bournemouth struggled this year. In, the, in the, the Premier League, I think they were in the relegation. I think they're in the relegation spot. So now, obviously, their league's resuming. So I think they're in the relegation spot. But Jordan Ibe was one of the ones that I would say coming through at Liverpool, I thought, oh, that, that boy's quite a player. But he's never really realised his potential. And that's the fear. We seem to have tons of them throughout the years that have came here with the potential, the, the name, everything like that. And it's just no work to it because it's a different, it is a different ball game playing for Rangers completely. What's your thoughts, Calum, on, on Jordan Ibe and, and that uh, Berahino, as Paz was mentioning? No, I, I get that, kind of not realising the potential. I wrote about this the other day as well. Like, Shea Ojo came here. He just signed a new five-year deal with Liverpool. He, I've, I've got a few uh, mates who are Liverpool fans, and he was quite popular with them as well, I think. He had a few loan deals before that. Was he at Stade Rene or something like that? And then uh-huh. at Fulham as well. And he's never quite hit the ground running at a loan, a loan spell. So, very, you know, no, I wouldn't, I'm honestly, I'm not, I'm not too keen on that idea. I, I think Barry, you know, is a player who's, has he not had attitude problems in the past as well? He, Baz, you were speaking about that season at West Brom, was that 2015? Is that how long ago it was? He was a, he had a brilliant season then. I remember him, he had, he had a very good season, but I would be more open to, obviously the finances are a bit, you know, you've said it all. The finances would be the biggest issue. I would be all right with how old? How old is he now? He, he can't be. I can't. I don't know how old. Maybe twenty, I think. Uh, maybe twenty-four or twenty-five. So I would be more open to that, and I would be better. You know, I don't think better. You know, is the type of player to come in here and push Morelos all the way. To be honest, I think we've all identified that the right wing area is a place that we need strengthen because we've never really replaced Daniel Kandias. To be honest, and I think Tav suffered for that as well a wee bit this year because Daniel Kandias and him. Candace covered for him non-stop. You know, when, when Tav went running, Candace was the man there. Ryan Jack as well was out of spell this year. And I feel Ryan Jack, whenever Tav bombs forward, usually it's Ryan Jack that goes out and covers him, you know. And I think that's kind of left Tav exposed at times. And, and he has took a lot of criticism for it. Myself included, I've criticised him for time to time. But I, I, it's sometimes getting players in which can benefit others as well. And it's to come back to the thing I said about Morelos. It can get the best out of other people. And that's where Gerard maybe has to look to see if he can get the best out of who we have left. I mean, who knows? Tavon Morelos might not be here come August. We don't know that yet. But another worry I have with signing, a, signing players for doing South, like Jordan Ibe, is I think you've just, you, Liverpool have just announced yesterday, right? Their, their new kit supplier is going to be Nike next season. They are currently with New Balance. 
the New Balance deal was due to end, I think, the end of May or the end of June, whenever it was. Now they've had to extend that down to, obviously, the, the season, now finishing later. If Jordan Ibe continues with Bournemouth until whenever the English season finishes, and we don't know because we don't know if it will start. Obviously, there's plans put there, but we don't know if that's going to be concrete yet. And you're thinking, what about then if he doesn't get a full pre-season, does he get a rest, doesn't get a full pre-season with the club, to gel, bed in with the team, etc. And then he comes in. The recent one that we've seen of that was Joey Barton. And it obviously, it cost us in the end because Barton didn't quite get where we were going. Didn't, whether he was right or whether Warburton was right, doesn't matter. It, it, it just never gelled and ultimately left the club early doors. That's a fear I've got. I wouldn't even go as far as Joey Barton. We've seen it with Ryan Kent. He came in you know, deadline day. So he... He's a player, he's, he's a perfect example of the pillars that you get playing for this club. You know, he's he's never had a full pre-season with us. Um, he comes in, he's maybe, he's not awful, is he? He, was, he wasn't that. He was yeah. a great player. He scored eight goals, four assists, you know, but he just wasn't on that same form as he was last season. And he just comes in, he's not fit. He plays his first game and he gets an injury, doesn't he? And he's out for another, what was he out for a month? I was out for a wee while, eh? It is that kind of issue. With not having a preseason. Mm-hmm. Baz, what's your thoughts on that? What I was just kind of mentioned there. Aye, it's a good point. To be fair, there's nobody really knows what's going on at the moment. Everything's a wee bit up in the air, so it's a it's a fair concern to have. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've kind of covered a lot of the players possibly coming in. We'll now discuss guys who might well be leaving the club. Now. We've kind of covered in the list last week, Edward Halliday, Fodderingham. By the way, see if we go and see on Fodderingham. I don't know if any of you heard this podcast with Cy Ferry on Open Goal, but he kind of has a wee dig at Gerard and that, saying that Gerard basically says to him he wasn't his type of player, or he wasn't his type of person, and as such, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be playing him. Now, I don't know if that was needed. I don't know if that was warranted. You know, at the end of the day, you've had, what, five, six good years at Rangers, with you were the number one for the majority, apart from the last two seasons. McGregor is just a unique freak of nature that he's just incredible, and you've lost your place to him. But I just, and I always like Big Wes, but I just didn't think that was maybe warranted. Did any see that? I saw that this morning. It did seem a bit like a, a jibe. Um, you can tell he's, he's quite raw about it. Do you know what I mean? He's, I, I always thought that he, was, he wasn't mistreated or anything like that, but I thought he was a bit hard done by, you know. McGregor came back in, and as soon as that happened, everybody knew what was going to happen. He's he's an absolutely brilliant player. He's starting every game that he can start. So Wes was always going to get put to the bench, but he was a bit hard done by. Because I remember there's a few people kind of saying when he got back into the team on the odd occasion, "Oh God, he's a bit of a bomb scare." But I actually thought Wes was a good enough player for us. Well he um he yeah, I thought he was a brilliant player. Maybe it was a bit. There was no need for the kind of jibe, but he's obviously he wanted to stay here. I imagine if if he had another couple of good seasons for us and McGregor came in, I couldn't have seen him leaving. I thought he was quite happy here. I think he, the Rangers, they said Rangers priced him out a move as well, which yeah, was interesting that. to hear that Rangers had a figure for him and clubs won the really willing to match it. And Wes ultimately had to sit out because I think we were the envy of probably most clubs because we did have two really good goalkeepers. One is our main goalkeeper in McGregor, as Gerard decided, and the other in Wes, who was a perfect backup. But Baz, did you see any of the, the Wes Fodderingham stuff? No, I never heard it. I, I thought he was a decent goalkeeper, to be fair. I, I like what Callum was saying. I, I quite liked him. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know what the, the next move is in terms of 
who were who were bringing in for that number two slot. I heard they were linked with that boy for St. Mirren. St. Mirren. I can't. Uh, or maybe even you know a uh, McCrory done well out in loan. Is it Queen of the South he went to? And then Livingston. McCrory, I think I Queen of the South and then Livingston, yeah. And he ended up Livy's number one at the end as well. So he he done particularly well out in loan. So I don't know what maybe maybe there's plans for him. Well, I don't know if you you heard the Graham Smith pod that we done. Obviously, Graham, the head of goalkeeping at the, the academy, and I asked him what the plans were. Is the plan, well, it sounds a stupid question, but is the plan when McGregor goes? Because McGregor will know his heat, maybe when he would like to chuck it and hang up the gloves. Is it to promote within and to have Robbie McCrory will stick with him when he has our next, next McGregor, next generation goalkeeper? Because they can go to a 40 you know, and... He, he did say that he thinks the now he would be more beneficial to probably going back out on loan at an SPL or Premiership club and bringing in somebody else's backup to McGregor because I think McCrory's at the stage he has to play and he has to show that he can play top-level football and then the next step, I think, or the final step is to show that you can play consistently for Rangers and that's that's the ultimate test. But I would agree with probably maybe McCrory going back out on loan and as you've said, Clad Cafe, Face it, Mirren is one that they're, I think they're looking at. Did um, they put McGregor out in London? Did he not go to Dunfermline? Dunfermline and St Johnston as well. Right. So it, it, it does prove to be beneficial. And like you're saying, he needs to be playing football in order to develop and grow as a player. Yeah. I, yeah. I think for McCrory, the cards are kind of in his favour. I, I was quite surprised a few years ago when we let Liam Kelly go because I, I was a fan of Liam Kelly. But then it shows you that they had McCrory in mind. Um, there's a, there's quite a lot of people that are that are asking for McCrory to be sort of promoted and put to the the second spot just now. But I would agree. I think he should go out and loan again, get that game time that he needs, and then as as McGregor kind of realizes that his time's finished, then McCrory is our, our best bet. Yeah, I think we'll just deal with Andy Foth. Is he still there? Is he away? Or? No, he's st- he's still oh, there. Yeah. But I, th- I think he did he sign a new deal or has he got to sign a new deal? Or? I think he signed one, did he not? I think, I think he signed one recently, I think he signed he, a new team. Um, he's, he's like, there's not that many teams that still go with three keepers, especially mm-hmm. the big teams, but I, I'm quite happy with that. I don't think he's ever going to push for the second jersey because um, he's he's obviously not that highly in the manager's plans, but if he was going to go, I think he'd be gone by now. I think he would have went with the first batch. So to yeah. keep him for things like that, I, or the, what is it, the Challenge Cup or whatever it's called these days, you know, keep him for things like that. It's all right. Ready is relentless. Ready is fearless. Ready is fearing no foe. Ready for the next level? Renew your season ticket now and support Rangers into season 2021. Prices are frozen for next season and the renewals deadline is extended. Visit rangers.co.uk slash renew to secure your season ticket today. Always Rangers, always loyal. For things like that, it's all right. Yeah. Another one that we kind of heard that's possibly leaving, and I heard that maybe Leeds looking at him was Connor Goldson. Six million pound, they're quoting again whether that's true or no, I don't know. But Connor Goldson, I, I don't know, at times Connor Goldson, I think he does stuff that you go, what are you doing? And then other times he turns into just a, a cracking big stopper, you know, and it, I don't know whether I'd like to see him go. I think if the finances were right and and we got a decent amount of money for him that we could reinvest in the in the squad and bring in quality, then 
Maybe, because I think I'm with you, Baz, on Katic. I th- for me, Katic would be my centre-half with somebody else. You know, we've obviously got Hellander to come back. We've got George Edmondson there who will hopefully develop into a, a top centre-half as well. But I think Katic for me is, and I know Katic, I know you're, you touched on it, Calum, and you're right, decision-making at times, he's quite brash, he's quite, you know, but I just think Katic is somebody that we can sell on for millions in the future if he keeps developing the way he's going. And I would like to see it be Katic and somebody. And I think Goldson is Gerard's boy, really. <laughs> you know, Goldson's never at the team. So I don't know what's your thoughts on Goldson. I, I I am a big fan of Goldson. There's sometimes where you think, oh, you know, he just makes you not want to watch. But there is this, we touched on Ryan Jack being the player that suffers the most from Tav bombing up and down the touchline. But Connor Goldson's on that side as well. Yeah. So it's quite often that he's to come across for Tav, who's away up this side of the pitch. And then, you know, he'll just get skinned. And he's the one that'll... What annoys me the most about those two is... We'll concede a goal and then you'll look about and you'll see Goldson pointing at Tav and Tav pointing at Goldson and it's just but as you said, if the finances are right, I think we could probably squeeze a little bit more than six of a million out of them, maybe even eight or nine. But we wouldn't have to be looking that far for a replacement because we've got Nico. Do you know I'm I'm a huge fan of him and I think at such a young age he's definitely the player for the future. Baz, what's your thoughts on Goldson possibly moving? I mean it's all, it's all about money in it. It's all down to numbers if the, the numbers are correct. And it, like you say, he's Gerard's boy. I mean, he played every single minute of every single league game. Played 29 league games and played every minute of the game. I think he played 51 games, four goals, two assists. Uh, he played 100% of the, of the, the minutes in the, the league games. So he's definitely Gerard's favourite, but he does make some, some silly mistakes. And the problem is being a defender. See, if you're a midfielder and you make a mistake, it can be covered up. If you're a striker and you make a mistake, it can be covered up. When you play defence, errors can really cost you and, and you can be punished. And there was a few times in the season that Goldson and Rangers were punished because of some some silly errors. And I felt as the league progressed to get better, I think some of his passing became a wee bit sharper. I think he was trying to make more difficult. Don't get me wrong, it was one or, one or two passes he made that, that were, were fantastic right through the middle. But I just felt some of these decision-making in terms of passing could have been better. Mm-hmm. If they get the right money for him, then by all means. But if he stays, then great. So, it's, I don't know. It's a tough one for me. I, I was quite critical of him, but if the money's right and the price is right, then, you know, thanks for your efforts, mate, and all the best. See, the, the, the problem as well for Goldson, I feel, you're passing. During a game, you watch it, Goldson will pass to whoever's partnering at centre-half and it'll go back and forth between the two of them. And then they'll try and play one long ball, as you're saying. It'll no work out. And sometimes I have sympathy, sympathy for the centre-half because I feel as though sometimes as a, as a formation, we're too rigid. There's not enough movement. There's not enough. I would have, if, if, as we had Hadji and Kent on opposite wings last year, I would have them interchanging constantly throughout a game. It keeps defenders guessing. It keeps the opposition manager guessing what we're going to do today. You know, I just think sometimes we're too predictable. I could go there and, and say, I know when I'm going to Ibrox. Here's how we'll set up. Chances are that'll be the team. Chances are that's how the game's going to play out. If we don't get a goal within 15, 20 minutes, and then a second game, crowd becomes edgy. Players then lose a wee bit of confidence. The players then look scared at times, depending on what's at stake. And then it's all about, as you said, Callum blaming each other. It was your fault, it was my fault, etc. And I just, I don't know. I think I think we need to change things a wee bit this year. It's a huge season. I think we need to go with something a wee bit different. 
and see if we can we can get a wee bit more out of the team. But the Goldson, if the offer's right, maybe. Especially with Philander's fit, because the big man, I think, done all right. And I think we looked a lot more assured when Hollander was in the team. What's your thoughts, Baz, and Hollander actually just touched on that? I like him. He, was, he got a wee bit of criticism for his pace. Yeah. He, he was slightly slower. However, what he lacks in pace, he makes up with his ability to read a game. He's he read the game particularly well. He's quite a smart defender, and he's also a a, a threat again. Like Katty, he's going forward. You know, he's, he's he must be about six foot three, six foot four. He's quite uh, tall. He's a big boy, and he'll get you the odd goal. You know, going forward for set pieces and off corners. So I like Helander. I would like uh, to see him and Katty together. You know, you know what I mean, and see what happens here. So the, we're we're kind of lucky in the sense that we've got options if Goldson goes. We're no stuck trying to find a replacement right away. You know, we've got a replacement there at the moment. And then again, it, it might just be a case of, you know, uh, reinvesting that money back into the, the squad and, re, you know, getting another centre-back. But we're not under any great pressure to replace him on the pitch. I think Callum made a good point in saying about maybe squeezing more than the £6 million because you look at what Aberdeen were quoting for Scott McKenna. You know, they're quoting seven, eight, nine million. Goldson to me is even shoulders above him. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't really rate him much. I think he's better at winding up people as he's done to Morelos a few times than actually what he does. You know, he's played for Scotland a few times as well, and I've not really been that impressed either. So, Cal, what's your thoughts on Hollander? Yeah, he's a, he is a good player. He's. <laughs> I was laughing when you said about the pace because that that's the biggest thing. I think he needs to be partnered with someone that is a fast defender because he is sometimes he's good, but he's the. The reason that that's not too much of an issue is because I can't see him as the type of player that makes that many mistakes. Yeah. You know, if he was the type of player as Goldston, when his passing can lead to, to errors, then we'd have a big problem. If he if he was the type of player that would make mistakes and couldn't get back to fix them, then that's an issue. But, you know, he is. He is I would probably go as far as saying he's our best centre-half on on most days. Um, my, my ideal partnership next season would probably be Nico and in Hollander mm-hmm. I look at his caps as well for Sweden he's an experienced player and he's still only, he's still only 26 or something like as well he's no like I always thought he was a wee bit older but he's no he's actually still quite relatively young you know and he's experienced playing for Sweden at a decent level as well it's, I mean when he played before he came here it's a decent level too so no I'd be quite I'd be quite inclined to see I'd be in favour of seeing Hollander and, and Nico as you said trying to form a partnership that we can see, but if Goldson's there, we know it'll be Goldson and another. So that's a that's pretty much nailed. Yeah, Dion, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, MDL, so you, you think maybe leave the? Do you think Morelos will stay? Do you think Morelos will go, Baz? I hope he stays. Mm-hmm. I hope. I would like to see his hard work paid off. It would benefit him. And it would benefit the club if he has a good season next year. Keeps his keeps his discipline, his attitude in check, and we win the league. Not only is that an, an amazing thing for Glasgow Rangers as a club. However, it will propel him to, to that level that he wants to be at. Yep. And maybe that big offer will come in for him. Rangers will get the money for him and he'll get his dream move. So this is a big season for him. It's a big season for everybody. But for him personally, if he does the, does the damage this season, delivers the goods, Rangers win the league, big offers will come in and it will, it will benefit him in, in the long run as well as everybody else. Before we move on for kind of outgoings, one of the things we need to touch on as well is Kamara. Because I think Glenn Kamara has been touted as possibly, what was it, the turn of the year Juventus apparently were looking at him, you know, for eight million or something like that. And 
I don't know. I like Glenn Kamara. I think he's a good player. I think for the 50 grand, he's shown that he's been a decent player. I've touched and I've voiced my opinion on Kamara a few times. When the going gets tough, does Kamara do enough? I don't know. And I think the European game this year against, I think it was Braga, I think we were 2 0 down. Or it might be Leverkusen, it might be both, kind of mind. Um, I think you've seen Kamara is kind of worst. He kind of went hiding and Gerard hooked him off pretty much soon after that. And I don't know, what's your thoughts on Kamara, Baz? I like, I see towards the end of the season, his form was dipping a wee bit. Mm. When he first came in, he just shot right up. I, I wasn't really that, that keen when we, you know, I knew he was decent for Dundee. For great place for Dundee, but then he, then he, some players have got this unique ability just to, to up their game. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was the same, you know, he went to places like Barcelona and, you know, just had this unique ability to play at the level, run about him. And Glenn Kamara initially done that. He, he came to Dundee, he came into Rangers and he stepped right up. He managed to play at the level that we needed him to play at. He was looking good, doing pretty well in the midfield, played well against Celtic. And then towards the tail end of the season, like you say, he started tidying and all that. If a good offer came in for Glenn Kamara, but whatever number you, you, you mentioned, would you say six, eight million, something like that? It was eight million, I think Juventus were touted as being interested, but I don't know if that's true. But I, I reckon even, I, I would even go as far, as far as to say four or five million would be, I reckon you would be out the door for that sort of money, considering they paid 50 grand for him. I think he's, we've got more money's worth it, 100%. He's done well for the club. He's a rotation player, he, you know, comes in and uh, comes in when required. He's done, he's done a decent job, and if we get a decent offer, then I'd probably bite the honour. Callum, what's your thoughts on Kamara? Yeah, it's just the same. You know, he's 50 grand. He's definitely he's more than paid off his transfer fee. I think his whether or not he, he goes, if we are going to sell him, I think his sale will be very telling about what we're going to be in the future because we shouldn't be slapped about in the transfer market. Do you know what I mean? He's had interest. I think you said Juventus, and then I read earlier that there was Marseille involved and Aston Villa were looking at him as well. Do you know, we shouldn't be sort of pawning him off for anything less than, you know, four or five million. But I do think that we can get a good a good figure for him around eight or nine. I wouldn't, I wouldn't honestly sell him for much less than that because he's, he's a European player. Do you know what I mean? You see him in Europe and he's more for that than he is for the league. You know, he's maybe not entirely suited to up here. But in Europe, for a... For a Maybe not a top team, but a team like Marseille. You know, if he has the, the kind of players around him that you'd have in the middle of their pitch, I think he could go on to be an absolutely brilliant player. Look at his performances for Finland. Yeah. They rave about him. And he plays really, really well for Finland. But again, similar to Hadji, I think he plays a slightly different role for Finland. And it seems to get a wee bit more out of him. I don't know if we use him in the correct position. I don't know if we use him. Because obviously, he can have a hold midfielder, he can have an attack midfielder, he can have... A midfielder that sits in the middle and just sprays passes left, right, centre, a Barry Ferguson type. I, I just don't know if maybe we use Kamara right either. And it's like trying to kind of mould players while you're going for a title. I don't know. I don't know with Kamara. He's, he's an enigma to me. People will argue about that all day, though. You know, whether a manager buys a player, should he be used the way the manager wants, or should the manager buy him to play him in that role? Right. Do you know what I mean? So he's, when you play for a club like this, you expect your players to be versatile and play right. in different roles. And he's not been bad, has he? 50,000 times, you know what I mean? He is, he is a good enough player. But I would probably, I would expect to see him kind of moving on if we get that, that right offer for him. Yeah. Have any of you seen any of the Project 22 apparent official drawings that are done by an artist and 
that's going to happen soon, hopefully, um, for 2022. What's your thoughts? Have you seen anything, Baz? I had a wee look. It looks like they're going to they, their giggle suite, the Sandy Jardin, right up the back. Mm-hmm. At the moment, it's like wee individual sort of booths. You've got the main, you've got the main hall, and then you go into like your wee individual sort of parties, and there's a wee yeah. curtain at the back, so you get a bit of privacy. But what they're talking about then is taking all that away and just having a one big open panoramic view of the, the stadium. I think that's a good idea. It, 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 it's a wee bit dated looking in there, but it would it would increase capacity in there, and it would be I think it would be a lot better, a lot more open. Than all these wee individual sort of booths. Yeah. So, and the the bar eighteen seventy two is getting up. Is it club eight? Uh, bar seventy two. Sorry, mm-hmm. getting called club seventy two. But it's a similar theme. Yeah, and it's it's going to be up, upgraded. And I, I'd recommend. I know we're living in tough times and all this carry on and but see if you get the opportunity. If anybody's got the opportunity to go to hospitality for their, their birthday or or whatever, I'd recommend it. It's a really really good experience. Mm-hmm. You know, like obviously there's some lucky people out there that get get to date all the time, but you know, for us regular punters, it might only be once a year, once every two years or whatever, but I would recommend to anybody to give it a go. It's a really, really good experience. Yeah, me, and my, me and my dad used to do it for each other's birthday every year. I used to get him in, he used to get me it. And fantastic, absolutely great hospitality, great way to watch the game. Don't get me wrong, we were in the lower leagues at the time, so probably the fact that I was a bit that spoiled it, to be quite honest with you, but the rest <laughs> of the day was pretty good, you know, the bevy and the, and the food and stuff like that. But, but um, the rest of the game was a bit... <laughs> But uh, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. And also the Edmondson House kind of development, they're, they're trying to maybe knock that down. They've put in a, a request to the, well, put in a request to Glasgow City Council, but we all know Glasgow City Council. They're not really forthcoming and helping Rangers or, you know, that variety of nah, not. people. So, um, and, and they I don't want to, to say too much, mate. I don't want, I don't want to get your channel and, and, and bother, so I'll just keep my mouth shut about the council. <laughs> and also there's the whole thing that, I've seen somebody want to call it the Copeland Way. Where it's similar to what they've got across the way. Now, I wouldn't be a fan of calling it the Copeland Way because it's right outside the Copeland Stand, obviously, and you know, and, and, and it's all the flags and it's, there's the Champions League branding on the picture, etc. I don't know. It looks absolutely fantastic, but I think we need to consult with the fans and what we do with things here, and I think we need to consult with the fans on what they want to see, what they want to see it called, what, you know, things like that, because the Copeland Way is very. Celtic like I think <laughs> you know I don't really I don't really like that but Callum what's your thoughts have you seen any of the, you seen any of them I hadn't seen the um, the impressions that you said but I did see that they had it online it was like it was the quote that said a best in class guest experience will be at the centre of both Club 72 and the Blue Sky Lounge we're yeah. proud that these significant upgrades will represent the pinnacle of sports hospitality experiences and that's the quite the way it should be Do you know the football's a lot more than football these days, especially when you, when you, sort of when it's a club like us. So, to get that sort of, what was it you said, the pinnacle of sports hospitality experiences in Scotland. Do you know we're we're improving as a football club as a team, but we've got off the pitch is just as important as on the pitch. So we need to sort of get get the best standard for the stadium and the pitch and whatever else that that we can do. So yeah. I think as well, just as you said there, if we're trying to attract investment in the club, that's a selling point. You know, the hospitality side is a selling point. You can bring guests in and entertain them. You know, hopefully they get to see a winning Rangers team on the park as well to add to the bargain. And then you've you've got all we've got on on display at the stadium. It's, I mean, the stadium speaks for itself. You know, 
But in terms of what we actually have within it, I agree with that. I think we should be looking to be the the pinnacle. We should be looking to be the best. And it's it's something that annoys me. And and, and actually, because when we had David Weir on, I, I said to him about it. It's something that I liked about Warburton and that is that I think as Rangers fans, we're very, very short-sighted at times in looking across the city and thinking, right, that's what we need to be better than. Or them looking at us. To me, we should be looking to the best we can be. Be the best we can be. And then that means that, that will leave them behind anyway because they're nowhere near us anyway. You know, in terms of stature, in terms of quality. You know, they're not anywhere near us anyway. So, for me, if we be the best we can be, we'll be the premier team in the country on and off the park and not just off the park. And that's that's what I'd like to see Rangers get to. Not just look across the ways. There's no point in stopping 10 if they're going to win it again for the next three, four years after it. But if they stop 10 and then start their period of dominance, and who does that? I don't know, Ross Wilson, Stephen Gerrard, whoever it is, I don't know. But has, that has to happen. I totally agree with that. I like that. You're 100% correct. But there's no point in winning next season then taking my foot off the boil and then let, you know, let them get back into the, the domination thing. But it's good to see that other things are happening, not just on the part in terms of investment in the, the team. There's things happening all and about. Rangers, a lot of changes, you know, a new PR guy in, new director of football, there's the, the hospitality and they're looking at pulling that building down outside and there's all these things going on. You know, the, the, the caster deal, even Her Majesty here's getting in on it, you know what I mean? Uh, so there's there's millions of things going on all at the one time, and it's it's pleasing to see. It's really it's, it's good to see, and it's, it's giving you a bit of a buzz about the place because yeah. everybody seems was, was doing a wee bit towards the end of the season because of the the performances on the park. But at the, but now since the season's finished, we're starting to see all these wee things that's going on on like as as far as the, the team's concerned, but also the club. You know the bigger picture, the, the yeah. club. So it's, it's good to see. We announced as well on our Twitter, and obviously, as, as I've mentioned, you've problems with Twitter, but we've, we've actually announced on our Twitter, our Facebook and our Instagram page that the, the link in the partnership with Betpool is now live. So we have a link in the bio on the Instagram page. We've got a link on the Twitter page. Well, I think it's in the post, but I'm trying to fit it on the Twitter page somewhere. Uh, the link is also on the Facebook page, the, the post that I put on, and I'm going to be uploading it to the website at some point. Um, with the link for to sign up, etc. I spoke to Betbull. Depending on how much you deposit, you can earn up to hundred pound in free bets. Um, and I've I've been on. I've put a couple of bets on the day in some Kosovian Premier League team or something like that. I don't know. It's just whatever's on the new. And I've relied on the tipster, believe it or not, because I'm not too up to scratch with the knowledge of that league. So I've had to rely on the tipster. So there's certain tipsters within there that you can follow who. They've got a leaderboard for the the winner every week on their, on their leaderboard. And there's guys at the top of that that are making thousands of pounds as professional tipsters. And you can piggyback onto their racket if you like, or you can just simply copy them, or you can you can generate your own. I would like for our podcast for us to have a wee, kind of a we all follow each other. So I've signed up to it. Um, we all follow each other. We look at what each other's betting on. Obviously, when the Rangers come back to, to be playing football again, we'll, we'll be a wee bit more interested in our part in that regard. But the English League's coming back soon, as we'll touch upon soon. Um, the, the German League's back up. La Liga's on its way back as well. The Championship's on its way back. So, I, th- I think, I don't know if any's had the chance to go on and, and sign up, but I would encourage any of the listeners to go on and, and really sign up to it and let's try and embrace it and, and see where we can go and see if we can win a wee bit of cash, you know, but obviously gambling responsibly. <laughs> when the fun stops, stop. stop. Uh, 
I, I reckon I would be, you know, you've got tipsters, I would probably be in the section called tipsters. And that's like every time you copy the bait, you lose money. I would 100% be in the Dexter section there. Just like we said last week, if I, if honestly, if I put a bait on, just do the exact opposite. You, and you'll make money. If you copy my bait, you'll lose some money, I promise you. So don't ever copy anything. I, I'm in that Dexter section. Definitely not a tipster. Callum, are you much a betting man? Are you much a tipster? I've kind of, I know, I've, I've kind of started up again now that the, now that the football started. Um, not a very good one, <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Maybe when uh, Scottish football comes back on, we'll hopefully get some better results than recently. Well, MD, go on to our Twitter page, Instagram page, Facebook page. You'll see the link, sign up um, through that, and, and you'll get the, the welcome offer up to £100 worth of free bets. Also, it will be on our website, possibly tonight, maybe tomorrow, so we're recording this Tuesday, so maybe Tuesday night, Wednesday. It'll definitely be up uh, soon and, and hopefully we can have a wee bit of fun with it. There's a live chat feature in it as well. So if we're all betting on the one accumulator or if we're all betting on the one kind of division, whatever, and we can all chat about it and when the game's on, I think it'll be good banter-wise, you know, to try and get stuff like that going. So I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully there'll be more things hopefully getting announced in terms of partnerships in the near future. I hope it's all going well, but it's certainly something that we're looking into. I said obviously with the betting, the English football is returning, so it kind of leads its own 17th of June proposed start date for the return of the Premier League. Now, England's stats, I said on Twitter and it kind of took off a wee bit, but England's stats are worse than Scotland. Obviously, London's stats alone is worse than Scotland in this whole COVID-19 crisis. Yet the English Premier League can come back on the 17th of June, while the scramble was there for the Scottish League to be finished and declared over as things currently stand. Now, my, my, we all know we're problems with that, we all know our thoughts on that, but what really annoys me is we're now having to basically gamble off our bumper new deal for a sponsorship deal with Sky, because now we're having to give Sky rights to sponsor our league to offset cancelling the league early and the fees that we'd have to owe Sky for no completing the season. What's your thoughts, Baz? It's, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's, it's, again, mate, I don't want to start saying things like corruption and all that and get into any bother, but like, hey. the way they've handled it is it's, it's, either, it's either incompetence or corruption. I can't see how it can be anything else. The, guy's, an, the guy's an absolute idiot, in my opinion. And uh, totally, 100%. And do you know what they're going to do? They're going to turn around and go, oh, well, wait a minute, they've started the league, so we can, we can continue with the Scottish Cup then. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That'll be their excuse to continue with the Scottish Cup. Because England have started the league up again. It's just, the, the whole thing's been a clusterfuck, man. They, they, they decided to have their resolution and the way it's been handled and all the infighting and backstabbing. It's been embarrassing for Scottish football. And, and that Don, Neil Doncaster's on 400k a year plus bonuses. And there's, there's teams Sorry. paying people off. It's disgusting, man. And I just think the guy's a complete idiot. And, you know, there's, there's something seriously wrong to the core. And the funny thing is, They've been shouting about this for years, oh, the SFA, the SPFL. And yep. then we finally say, right, okay, let's get an investigation and go, oh, no, we don't want an investigation. But mm. make your mind up with you about today. Well, so, obviously, we'll get, we'll get to Callum's thoughts on that as well, right? But before you get, before, obviously, sorry, I cut you off, but before we get to that, you're, you're right in what you're saying there. It is either corruption or incompetence, because, or, as I've said, both. Because, see, at the end of the day, See what, see, what we've, see what we've now done. We're now paying for it because this bumper new deal is now diluted so much that we owe Sky money rather than the, the other way about. And also, 
for us to turn around and say, and I, and I touched on it last night when we were talking, for us to want to have an investigation questioned, right? So, so, so we, we put forward to have an independent investigation and the rest of the clubs and the SPFL questioned whether it would be independent, whether it would be biased to your side because we're the ones that are obviously instigating it. However, Anne Budge yesterday brings a, a wealthy businessman to the table who is, happens to be a Hearts fan, believe it or not, who's trying to solve the crisis, help clubs out, which I would imagine would probably allow then Hearts to stay in the top division. How is that no bias to one side? How is that no clouded in the judgment? And where was he when Hearts went down the tubes? How come he didn't put something in his pocket and help Hearts out then? I just... I just don't get it. Coupled with we go to the government thing in the, in the, the league chief school where they go up to the government to, to speak to them about returning when we can return. And Peter Lowell joins them. How's that impartial? You know, Callum, what's your thoughts? Well, what more is there to add? I, again, I don't want to say too much, but I don't think impartiality exists in this country just now regarding football. It's, it's the fact that no one could have predicted what's happened here, right? And so I was a bit lenient with the, with the lack of planning because it is quite a difficult thing to plan for. Yeah. But see if so many people, thousands and thousands of people can predict what is going to be done when it first started. Oh, by the way, the league will be called as it is. You know, they'll still keep the Scottish Cup going for, well, for one reason or another. Do you know what I mean? There's just no, there's no way that that's not... It just, it just stinks to me. Do you know what I mean? It does. It's just that there's no... There's no thought for those at the bottom. And the thing that really annoyed me the most is that the way that they twisted it to seem like ending the, the season now was for those mm. at the bottom. But now you see player, uh, teams like, what, Kelly. How many players have they got left? Honestly, they seem to have a handful of players left. Do you know what I mean? Manager, right? just now. I haven't even got a manager, but there you go. Do you know what I mean? They just don't care. I've your thoughts on, obviously, Pierre Lowell are coming in the two league chiefs, or the SFA chief executive and the league chief executive through to the, the, the government to, to have a summit on behalf of Scottish football. He's not the kind of guy I would have fight in my corner, put it that way. No, he's not the kind of guy that I'd have fight in my corner, but you know that he's going to be there. Do you know what I mean? He's just, he seems to, there just seems to be images of a, a puppet master, doesn't there? Yeah. That, and it's, it's just got it on strings and it's just... <sighs> Again, the thing that annoys me the most is because it's been years that they, the other side, have been calling the C word, you know, corruption here and there. But as you said, at one time, we've actually got well, whatever the evidence was that the club had. You know, I was nervous to how it was going to pan out. The one time we've got evidence, they're just, they want nothing to do with it. Do you know that they were, they were actually at a point they were fighting against um, an investigation. And you just think, why? What what harm could it do your club? Well, what harm could it do to actually seed out corruption? You'd think that every single member club in the country would would want that, but obviously that's not the way it works, is it? Well, Mr. Lowell actually gave a rousing speech, apparently, at that meeting, remember, <laughs> and why clubs should vote against having an independent investigation. I've obviously seen what he said. I hadn't seen what he said, but... I don't I don't see any logic in not having an investigation. It's a one-win situation for everybody, even the SPFL. If 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 there's an independent investigation, it's not costing anybody any money, Rangers said they're going to pay for it. If it comes out and it shows the SPFL have not done a thing wrong, 
and that's great. That's great for Scottish football. We look like dicks, but at least the, the, the government body looks as if they've done everything legit. They should be welcoming that for yeah. an opportunity to find out if there's any, any mishaps, mismanagement, incompetence, corruption. It's not going to cost you anything. So what difference does it make to you? No, exactly. For, for, for everybody to say, oh, we don't want an investigation, just alarm bells start going off. Why? Why, why do you not want an investigation? And also they had their own investigation, remember, their own independent investigation, which was good enough for them to have an independent investigation, but no good enough for us to call one. And that's that's the bit. And again, I, I swore when I was doing this, and I was thinking about starting this podcast, I swore that it was football, and I wasn't going to get dragged down with all the side issues that goes around it. But I feel as though it is our duty to comment on that, because it's huge to know. You know, as Callum says, there's going to be a Scottish Cup here played to a finish, but the league won't. No. Why is the Scottish Cup? We've just touched on clubs releasing players. Hearts are going to have to release players if they go down. You know, they'll not be able to run with the squad that they've got. What, how is that possible that they can then go into a semi-final, a cup, a national, the National Cup competition, and, and try and get to the final and no be disadvantaged by that? I just don't understand how that plays out. Also, I mean, say we get to a stage where it's only the top league in Scotland that can return. Because see, we've got any clubs left below that because they've all went bust. It's a sad, sad thing to speculate on, but it's a, it's, it's a possibility with the way things are the way things are panning out here. And see, the championship isn't allowed to restart because there's clubs in it that's part time who can't pay players, etc., and they won't they won't be able to play. How can then Hearts? All right, they'll be probably who shoe on into an expanded Premier League, but. I just don't get it. I just don't understand the logic. I don't understand where they go through there. Instead, they try to get all clubs together, try to decide what's the best thing for Scottish football. Seems to me they've just went together and decided what's the best thing for one team and then promoted that with and the promises of glamour friendlies against people, etc. It's just nonsense. And I don't know where we go for here. As a, as a footballing country going forward, I don't know where we go for here because there's too many factions now. That's said, the league is the most important thing to I would I would say every team in this country surely. You know, Stephen Gerrard has done so well in Europe to to get what he's got to just now for the first time and I said in the blog was it nine years or something nine like years. that last time we got this far. But it's not the league. Do you know what I mean? Scottish Cup. I if you were to win it, it's a it's a cup, but it's not the league. The league is the the most important thing in this country, footballing wise. And it's just been put to one side and you, you you do have to ask the question, what would have happened where we talked? And you don't think it would be the same answer? No. No. I don't think so. And I also think it would have taken the shine off us stopping nine in a row as it would have been. Because Definitely. I think it would be like, well, we were getting it in the end, you know, as much as you would have... the same thing, yeah. They would be saying the same thing. The thing is, think right. I said what would happen if we were top of the table. But the same thing, if it was us that was still in the cup. Do you know what I mean? If we were to play that cup to a finish and there's absolutely no chance let's be honest there there's no chance that, that we would even be given the opportunity to play that no no and that that to itself there's no other word for it other than corruption you'd think but is anything else you want to add to that I mean I think we've, we've pretty much nailed it in we uh, I think guy uh, what we've been saying is pretty much bang on in my opinion yeah. right so when the football does return obviously we're looking to to, to your season and, and your club and, and your squad. Stephen Kelly's just been announced as being her. He's just been awarded the, the Player of the Year or the Young Player of the Year, I think it was, at Air United for his performances last year for them. 
Stephen Kelly, touching on him, do we think he could come into the squad and, and add maybe something that we're, that we're lacking at the minute? Or do you think he'll go back out on loan? I would say he is, he is in question with talent, do you know what I mean? But he's still 20. Mm-hmm. So I would say, whilst I have good faith in him to come in, I think another loan would be the best bet for him. We've, we've already got quite a few midfielders in there. Um, and he was, on, he was on air last year, wasn't he? So maybe even a premiership team next season. Do you know what I mean? To get that, we've said it with um, Robbie McCrory, minutes is the most important thing that you can get just now. As a young footballer, minutes is what you need. We've got players a lot older than him that are struggling to get minutes in that team. Um, and if we do go into the window next, or this month, whatever, next month, and sign players, it's just, it makes it even harder for them. We've got players like Greg Doherty who just yeah. seem to be stuck in complete limbo. So I think he does need to go out on loan, maybe to a, a kind of lower premiership team next season um, and then come back because he does look like a really, a really good player. I can also hurt them as well. You know, when you think games against Celtic, you'd like to think those talented youngsters could maybe add something to the teams below us and, and hopefully maybe even take points off them. Buzz, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Like I mean, uh, look at Greg Dockett, he, he, he did outstanding when he was at Hibs. Mm-hmm. Kelly did really well at air, I think. Callum's right in what he's saying. I think he needs to go back out alone, develop and go to a, a like you say, a lower a lower team in the Premier League. I think it would definitely benefit him as well as benefit us. Mm-hmm. Is there any other kind of younger ones you think off the top of your head that so maybe would come into the squad and, and hopefully, obviously the, the, the obvious one is Ross McCrory who, who will ultimately get back for well, they will get back to Portsmouth now. So, and they also really you can think of they would maybe come into that squad and make us better, Buzz. Uh, young Nathan Patterson, right back. Aye. Did he come in against Stringra? Maybe. Aye, in the cup. And he, the cup, that's right. And I think he looked alright. I think he looked pretty, pretty decent, pretty comfortable on the ball. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think maybe he's one to watch for the future. Mm-hmm. There's a boy as well, Nathan Young Coombs, I think. Quite highly thought of in the, the academy. Um, there was a boy, Josh McPake, on it, who's at, who's at Dundee. It's just whether they're ready to make that step up and come in and make an impact. I know the first team squad, I think, that remains to be seen. But uh, Callum was in Del Shoe. I think you kind of covered most of the big names. There was times last season where, certainly towards the end of the season, where some of our first team players they just weren't at it, and you think we're thinking about the manager and thinking why are you not giving young players a chance do you know what I mean There's, mm-hmm. we've got a good academy and I think the only thing that we need to really worry uh, not worry about but be concerned with is just falling into that trap of Billy Gilmore do you know what I mean we want to give these players game time we want to give them the chance to grow but we, if we do have to let them go do you know what I mean we can't let them go for buttons again it's just I think next season you could totally disagree I think next season maybe isn't the best time to be throwing too many young players in it's it is the dictionary definition of being thrown at the deep end next season next season I don't think we have, we can afford one player to be off his game do you know what I mean it's just going to be that big a season and I think we've got the best runs in the world but you know what it's like at Ibrox at times yeah. the players they get pelters you know for a misplaced pass here and there and it's just next season it's just so important Youth obviously is, is one of the biggest things for for most football clubs, but you'd, you'd struggle to get in in the team next season, I think. 
I was Who's told, the other young striker? Sorry, no, on, not on your go, guys, on your go. Is it Dapo? Dapo oh, Mabudi. Aye, he's a, he looks like another talented wee striker, as, as well as a young Coombs that you mentioned. I think Coombs is only 17 years old. And the, the two of them look good prospects for the future. But as Callum touched on, I don't think next season is the, you know, the, the time. They're, they're still really young, you know, in terms of their development of years to go before they, you, you know what I mean, before they need to worry about stuff like that. But aye, they're definitely prospects for the future, without a doubt. As I was talking to Gordon Smith on Friday, recording a podcast, and he said that he was worried. And it's just as what you were saying, Callum, there about next year being the year to, to blood youngsters, if you like. He said that this year, this year he was worried when a Rangers player, I can't mind if it was Tavern or somebody came out and said, we prefer to be chasing than leading. And for me, that's the definition of the mentality. It's just, it's just weak in that squad. It's just, it can't work like that, right? So if you're bringing a young player into that, I would like to think we would bring a young player into a team. It's a wee bit easier to bring him into a team that's winning. You know, that's got that mentality there that we win at all costs. That young player then learns that. Barry Ferguson came into the nine in a row team towards the end. He learned that mentality pretty quickly. And regardless of what you think of Barry Ferguson as a pundit, as a columnist and whatever paper, Barry Ferguson as a Rangers player was fantastic, you know, and, and, he, and he was a great captain. And it's the guys that I think that you need sort of in there that, to rub off in the youngsters, you know, and I just don't know if, the, if we have got the right mentality and especially you know, for next season to go into that and, and, and throw youngsters into it, you know. Thing is, game time is obviously the most crucial thing for any young footballer, but even being around the first team players is going to be invaluable to their development. We've got players like Jermaine Defoe. Do you know what I mean? Any young striker, you could think of one role model that you could have, especially in this kind of country, Scotland and England. Jermaine Defoe's right up there. Yep. So players like Dapo Mabud and Nathan Young Coombs and all that, especially the forward players, but even not just them. Do you know what I mean? They've got those players around the training ground. Who are there? McGregor's another one. I'm sure he'll be he'll be quite happy to lead the young players. Um, yeah. But next season, I just I I would I wouldn't think that it would be the the perfect time. Anything else anybody wants think, to add? Just what you're saying there, Callum. Stephen Kelly is a midfielder playing in under Stephen Gerrard. Must be, that that alone must be like mind-boggling mm-hmm. for a young kid like that. Do you know what I mean? Like. I thought that about Ross McCrory. Obviously, he kind of made his breakthrough with Pet. Was Pedro the kind of one that handed yeah. him his eye? So, as soon as Stephen Gerrard came in, my first kind of thought was Ross McCrory. I thought, God, he's going to obviously, you couldn't have thought of anyone better to teach him. And it's kind of, it's the, it's, you, you don't know where he's going to be next season, if he's going to be with the team, if he's going to be loaned out, or even what, what position he's going to be in. He could, he's played right back a lot for Portsmouth, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, I think he played almost half and half, but Stephen Gerrard uh, is exactly the type of player that you'd want to you'd want to look up to. I felt the issue with Ross McCrory was, I, personally, I'm a fan. I like the guy. Solid player. Tries his best all the time. He can play centre-back or that holding midfielder, defensive midfielder position. The problem is there's players in both positions that are, that are, are better than him. Yeah. You know, in terms of like Katic, uh, Goldson, your centre-back, and then Ryan Jack at your, your defensive holding midfield position. So he's good at both positions, but unfortunately we've got players in those positions. So yeah. I think it wasn't a bad thing that he's maybe been put out and loan to develop and find his strengths. And like you say, he was playing a bit of, quite a bit at right-back, so I don't know whether this is a, you know, this is might be the future for him or, 
I don't really know. I don't really. I didn't really see much of him down south, but I understand no. he was playing quite a bit of right back. Yeah, I would, he's the kind of player that you'd want to keep on to because someone that shows that versatility. You've said that he's played holding midfield, he's played sort of centre half, and you can play right back. Those kind of players are invaluable. You have one player on the bench that you could bring on if any three of your players get injured. He's the type of player that I think we, we would need around, maybe even next season. And especially if his brother's going to make a step up at some point as well. And be the, you know, there'll be a version of the De Boer twins, you know. So that's what we want. <laughs> Just for the finish up, MDL's got anything they want to add, anything else they want to bring up. Hashtag no, keep the battle fever on. Hashtag <laughs> keep the battle fever on. That's exactly the that is the that is the battle cry if you like. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, thanks very much to Baz and to Callum for obviously Callum in fact for the goal, Callum, how was the, the debut? Was it all right now? It was good. It, it took me a wee while to, ah. to settle down, but we're I'm happy. Aye. It's like getting your first pass in it when you play football. It's you know, your first pass in the match. You'll be that at you. Especially Ibrox. If you find a blue jersey, you're doing well. So that's, that's what we look for. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks very much to Callum. Thanks very much to Baz. Um, we'll be back again next week for another absolute fantastic Revent chat. All right. Yes. <laughs> Cheers, lads. Catch, Cheers. Cheers. Catch you next week. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.